MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Please have a seat, everybody. How nice. Welcome, one and all, in here, out there, all the ships at sea. Welcome to The Late Show. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what are we looking at here? We're, we're still waiting for the next January 6th committee hearing. The next one was supposed to be today, but now the next one is tomorrow. But yesterday, the committee did drop a teaser for the next hearing. Ooh, a teaser! It's like a Marvel movie. Is there a multiverse where there are consequences for staging a coup? <laughs> All we know is that Rudy Giuliani is hiding bottles of wine in every dimension. <laughs> which, which one's the real me? The teaser hinted at new information about the former president's campaign attorney, John Eastman, seen here after winning the 100-meter dingus. <laughs> as you may recall, as you may recall, Eastman was the dumbass mastermind, or dumbastermind, <laughs> behind the ridiculous legal argument that Mike Pence had the power to block Congress from certifying Biden's victory. You know who disagreed with that? Mike Pence. <laughs> On January 6th, Pence decided not to wish democracy into the cornfield, but Eastman did not give up with his plan. We know that because yesterday the committee released a little teaser video of former White House attorney Eric Hirschman describing a phone call he got on January 7th. It was the day after. Uh, Eastman, I don't remember why he called me, and he started to ask me about something dealing with Georgia and preserving something potentially for appeal. Uh, and I said to him, are you out of your effing mind? I can answer that one. <laughs> Absa effing lutely <laughs> Eastman Eastman engineered a failed coup on national TV and thought he could just keep going. That's like being on trial for public indecency and swearing in by raising more than your right hand. <laughs> Hirschman, Hirschman told Eastman that he was done hearing about the cockamamie plan to overthrow the election results. Said, I only want to hear two words coming out of your mouth from now on. Free nachos? Wango Tango, Cabo Wabo? No? I'm sorry, go on. Orderly transition. Okay. <laughs> I still want nachos. <laughs> then Hirschman explained how that call with the architect of the coup ended. I said, good, John. Now I'm going to give you the best free legal advice you're ever getting in your life. Get a great effing criminal defense lawyer. You're going to need it. That is good advice. That, that is good advice, because the lawyer Eastman was plotting the coup with studied for the bar by going to one. Oh, now, oh, some of the oh. folks, 
Some of the folks being featured in the videos in these hearings are not happy about all the publicity. Take Proud Boy leader and worst-case scenario David Cross, <laughs> Joseph Biggs. For his role in the coup, Biggs has been charged with seditious conspiracy. It's a serious charge. He carries a maximum sentence of 20 years. By the time he gets out, this Proud Boy is going to be a proud member of the AARP. <laughs> and Biggs wants to move his trial now, according to the court, quote, in view of the increased and unquestionably spectacular 24-7 negative press and media coverage about the fraternity known as the Proud Boys. <laughs> oh, that's right, I forgot. The Proud Boys is just a fraternity. January 6th was just hazing. I mean, we all heard their chant. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Uh, Big's attorney argues that his client can't get a fair trial thanks to this week's televised hearings of the House Select Committee on January 6th and all the media coverage from Morning Joe to Stephen Colbert's Late Show. <laughs> You know, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I do a lot of jokes about these violent fascists, but to hear that even one of them noticed, <laughs> I... <laughs> I feel so seen. You hate me. You really hate me. Big's attorney argues they need to move his trial because shows like mine continue to saturate the jury pool of media-obsessive Washington, D.C. They want to move the trial to some place where the Proud Boys have a better reputation, like 1930s Berlin. <laughs> of course, after we got this uh, little shout-out, the article says Newsweek contacted Colbert's representatives for comment. Well, uh, Mr. Colbert... Uh, do you have a comment? Why, thank you, Steve. I do. Would you care to share that with the American people? Uh, certainly. While this is a very high-profile case in our justice system, the accused is, of course, innocent until proven guilty. So I want everyone in the potential jury pool to hear me when I say, You are going to jail, you neo-numbnut! And if you don't like it... And if you... And if you don't like it, you can come and get me. My name is Joe Scarborough, and I love coffee. Welcome to the monkey house, brother. <laughs> Meanwhile... Welcome to the monkey house. Well, you remember it, eh? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, the economy, bad. <laughs> the feeling, sad. <laughs> Inflation's up. The market's down. And crypto is trapped on Mars eating Matt Damon's poop potatoes. <laughs> Yesterday, in Philadelphia, President Biden stayed positive. There's so much at stake. But the truth is, I've never been more optimistic about America than I am today. I really mean it. I really mean it. <laughs> America's never been better. They're selling ice all year round now. You want taffy, you don't even have to pull it yourself. <laughs> and the Brooklyn Dodgers finally took home the pennant. The year is what now? 
Whoo, boy, that's a lot of twos. Ah, you got to be joking me, right? You're joshing me. You're giving me the business. That reminds me, got to watch tonight's Leave It to Beaver. <laughs> Unfortunately, most really, really. Y'all are a cheap date. Now, unfortunately, most Americans are not feeling as sunny as Joe. One reason, the national gas price average is now over $5 a gallon. Biden has heard America's concerns as putting major pressure on big oil. This morning, he sent a letter to the companies. <laughs> Mr. President, um, I think we're past the pen pal stage. Um, <laughs> when your house is burning, you don't sit down and write, dear candle I left unattended. <laughs> How dare you? This betrayal will not be forgotten. Sincerely, oh God, scream, scream, help, help. I am on fire. <laughs> the midterms are coming up in November. One Senate candidate keeps getting in trouble. That's Georgia Republican and America's necktop model, Herschel Walker. <laughs> Walker is a former Heisman Trophy winner, but for some reason he feels he needs to keep making stuff up about his accomplishments. The latest make him up, Herschel Walker used to brag he worked in law enforcement, but according to a new report, he never did. <laughs> It'll all be detailed in the new show, Walker, Not a Ranger. <laughs> We've got a great show for you tonight. Coming up, Emma Thompson. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. My first guest this evening is a two-time Academy Award-winning actress you know from Love Actually, Howard's End, and Sense and Sensibility. She now stars in Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Cheers. So I've made a list of things that I'd like to get through. Oh, that sounds sexy. Don't mock me. I'm a teacher. Old habits die hard. What's first on the list? <clears throat> Number one, uh, I perform oral sex on you. Number two, you perform oral sex on me. Number three, we do a 69, if that's what it's still called. Uh, I don't know. Um, four, me on top. Five, doggy style. Well, that all sounds very achievable. Oh, does it? Oh, good. Good, because I, I have no frame of reference. 
I've tried um, looking on the internet, but it's alarming, frankly. I mean, if you type in classy porn to Google, up pop 12 windows of erections. I mean, there's no build-up at all. Have I booked enough time? Please welcome back to The Late Show, Emma Thompson. You still got it, it's kid. It's so nice to be back! Lovely oh to have you goodness, back. Oh, my goodness, all these That's years delightful. we've been separated. You are a ray of sunshine. Quite literally, I love I love your outfit. <laughs> yes. Or a long streak of piss. That's the other thing you could, you could unfortunately, sure. but it would be good quality, wouldn't it? Yes. One would be in very good nick, health. Mm -hmm. God, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I want I want to get straight into talking about this movie because uh, good luck to you, Leo Grand, because it's a beautiful movie mm. and so unique. It's really funny. It's incredibly. Uh, it's heartbreaking at times. It's hopeful in many yeah. ways, and I've never seen anything like it. I don't think anybody else has either. Yeah. For the people out there, I obviously, I saw it last night. Tell the folks what it's about in your own words, madam. So, it's about a retired religious education teacher called Nancy Stokes, who's my age, you know, early 60s, and, um... <laughs> what, why are you laughing? <laughs> I am, that's my age. Anyway, uh, and it's hers, and she has had a, a rudimentary sex life. Mm -hmm. um, uh, up until she's a um, widow at this she's point. She's a widow. Mm -hmm. Has been widowed for two years, and she has taken her life into her hands and hired a very much younger um, sex worker, male sex worker, yes. to help her sort of go rediscover something that she she's never really had. You see, sort of uh, this uh, relationship, such as it is, developing mm. between your character. And the sex worker, who's played by a wonderful young actor, tell me his name again. Daryl McCormack, yes. who was sort of discovered really for this. He hadn't done much before, but he was just absolutely perfect because he's so thoughtful. And this young man, Leo, is um, a form of man, manhood that I've never seen on screen. He's he's a, he is that what he does is sex work, but he's. It's sort of like care work in a way. I mean, he understands. He says, you know, everyone needs something different. And if we could deal with the fact that some people can't access sexual pleasure, can you imagine how much less bull there would be in the world? And so he tells her a lot. He teaches her a lot because she's got a lot of assumptions about him and yes. about it all. And so slowly they peel away uh, each other's... Um, defences, actually, and then, in the end, they're each other's clothes. And, um, so... But it's not romantic. It's not a romantic story, and that's mm -hmm. what I think is radical about it, because it's a real... It's a really intimate film, mm -hmm. you know, because they get really, in, really deep into one another mm -hmm. through their talking. We have to take a quick break, but when we come back, I will ask Emma where she keeps her Oscars. It's not where you think. <laughs> How much she dashes through the door. <laughs> so confused. Emma. Yes. Most of it takes place in this one hotel room mm -hmm. over the course of, of many nights or days. Mm -hmm. And um, you become very uh, vulnerable, mm -hmm. not only with him, obviously, mm -hmm. but with the audience. You are fully nude mm -hmm. in this film, especially at one moment when you're in front of a full length mirror, mm -hmm. fully nude. And um, I want to know, as, as a performer, A, had you done that before on, on camera? And, what was that 
like for you? What was that choice like for you? It was really, really interesting. It was unexpected because I'm quite, you know, nudity, I don't really think it's terribly important one way or another. I mean, look at Germany, everyone's nude all the time. Um, and, but they are, it doesn't bother them there. You know, they do sort of mixed sa uh, saunas and all of that. And I think we're quite odd about it in our country. Maybe it's because it's so cold and, you know, we sew ourselves into pelts for months on end. And so nudity just isn't a thing. But she, I was thinking, how am I going to do this? Because I can't, I don't know whether anyone in the audience can, but I certainly can't stand in front of a mirror, mirror without trying to improve the way I look, you know, by tucking something in or turning to the sure. side. Or, I'll adjust the or, lighting. I'll or, adjust turn the lighting lights, yeah. or turn the lights off. That's what I generally do. Just switch them off and then you're safe, you know. Yes. You don't suddenly catch sight of yourself and think, what was that? Oh, my God, that was... Anyway, it's... It's, we're, we're not good at accepting our bodies, and particularly women whose status is related to body image and the iconography and blah de blah de blah It's all very boring and a waste of our time and energy, frankly, and mm -hmm. life's purpose. So, Nancy has admitted to Leo that she just has never liked her, but she's always been ashamed of her body somehow, and he says, no, it's fine, it's beautiful, but slowly through this strange intimacy, um, he leads her towards um, the kind of pleasure that she's never had before and un unlocks her relationship with her body. So when I stood there naked, um, and it's not like made beautiful by lighting or scrims or things, it's not sort of, it's literally just plain, a body standing there. But and beautiful in the way a person is beautiful. But beautiful in the way any human is, is beautiful and acceptable. Mm. And I thought, how does she look at herself um, because I don't, I don't want her to look at herself as though she's suddenly gone, my God, I'm gorgeous. That's not the point. But she looks at herself with a neutral gaze, that is to say, with a gaze that's accepting of her body because she's seeing it, as it were, for the first time. It's kind of a rebirth. And I went to look at all the pictures of Eve in the medieval paintings. Mm. And in those paintings, you know, like the prelapsarian, pre before the fall, before the apple, when they all went, oh, my God, I'm nude. Um, <clears throat> if only fruit could wield that kind of power now. <laughs> um, uh, and um, she, th in those paintings, she's always standing very relaxed with one knee slightly bent. Mm. And so I thought, I'm going to stand like that. I'm going to try it. And because I was playing someone, I wasn't being me, yeah. it, I could do it. Yeah. But... It, it, it did make me, afterwards, when we finished making the movie, I thought, God, that was an amazing experience. And then I thought, hang on a minute, it's a movie. That means to say that people are going to go and see it. I mean, you know, quite a lot of people probably in, like, big rooms altogether. Um, what have I done? And, um, and then I realised that I had taken a sort of leap of faith and I'd placed my faith in the audience, you know, and... Mm. That is to say, I'd been vulnerable, as Nancy, for them, for yeah. you. And, and that, that was really worth it. That was really worth the candle and worth the, um, well, the kind of, <sighs> the courage, really, it took to do, because mm -hmm. it is quite hard. But you, sure. you were just telling me that you have been on stage naked. Live on stage. I mean, I've done, I've done, like, on television, stuff like that. I've done the thing with, like, the little sock, you know, that yes. kind of... The modesty psych, but I've been buck naked on stage, live in front of an audience before. That's it's, challenging. Yeah. 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 Did it change 
I mean, I'd love to talk about me naked, but mm. did it <laughs> did it change how you feel now about your body? Um, I I think that I started hating my body when I was about 14. <clears throat> and I think those neural pathways are, are, are kind of well, well, <laughs> you know, well kind of carved into my soul. Um, and I know we laugh, but you think of all those eight-year-olds out there going, I don't like my thighs. Yeah. Um, what and would you, you want to say to that 14-year-old who started to hate Don't waste life? your time. Don't waste your life's purpose worrying about your body. This is your vessel, it's your house, it's where you live. Mm -hmm. You don't, there's no point in judging it. Absolutely no point, but it's very hard to... <laughs> yes. No point. We, we have to go here in just a moment, believe it or not, but I wanted to ask you a question uh, before you go to, to clear up a rumor for me, is that I've heard stories from other people that you keep your Oscars in an interesting location. And I want to know if this is true. Hmm. Do, you, do you know what I'm talking about? They're in the loo. You keep your, Downstairs you loo. Keep, you keep your Oscars in the, in the, the toilet. Why yes. is this? Well, you know, want to get ideas above their station because they would look ridiculous anywhere else. <laughs> Seriously, you know, you'd look like... I built like, a room just for like... Miami's. <laughs> yeah, but you've got loads. Like, sure, like sure, sure, sure. you need a room for your Emmy. Sure. So, so, <laughs> well, also, so anybody goes down there, do you tell them or is it a surprise when they go in and they see the boys? No, no, I don't tell them. They go in and then they pick them up, you know, and they stand in front of the mirror and feel what it's like and then they put them back down and come yeah. out. Yeah. It's, and if so they I want think it's, to... It's nice to share. And they want to, they could get fully naked <laughs> and stand in front of a full-length mirror because Oscar is naked. All That's he's got very is a sword. True. All he's got is a sword. That's very true. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Held in a very dangerous place. Yeah. <laughs> Those babies weigh nine pounds, you know. They're big, yeah, heavy. So does the or Oscar. you could do a little bit of. Oh, it's so good. See, see, so good. See, I saw where you went there. You see, were just like a whip. That's why it. all the Emmys. That's oh, why all the Emmys. Oh, that's why. And yet I'm not a dame. <laughs> but you so could be if you really put your mind to it. Really? Mm hmm. This has been The Late Show Poncho with Stephen Colbert. If you're enjoying The Late Show Poncho, leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. And for more exclusive Late Show content, Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.